Hi, everyone. Welcome to CFP's At Your Convenience podcast. I'm Hannah Hammond, Senior Editor with CFP. Today, I'm at our Outlook Leadership Conference in Asheville with Cameron Watt. Cameron is the President and CEO of InTouch Insight, the company that helps conduct CSP's annual mystery shop. How are you doing today, Cameron? You know what? I'm doing great, Hannah. It's uh, good to see you again. It's great to be out and traveling and seeing people at live events. And uh, it's just... Uh, it's, it's super to be back to a little bit more of normal as we kind of look forward these days. Yeah, well, thanks for being here to talk about the Mystery Shop a little bit. So could you first start by just telling me what is the Mystery Shop and how do you determine the winner? Sure. You know, it's actually a, a couple of studies that we do. Uh, and we hand out, of course, a Customer Experience Award. Um, and one is one of the studies we do is True Mystery Shop. We send individuals out to locations um, at, the, at the various chains. Uh, and they report back on how that location performed, you know, in terms of adhering to expected customer service standards. And then we do another study where we actually send somebody an unannounced, but it's an overt audit. So they show up to the location, they hand a letter and say, hey, <laughs> surprise, we're here to check on you. Um, and then they announce themselves, of course, that the manager on duty knows they're there, but they get really detailed. They can look at all kinds of things uh, in terms of operating standards that you, it's hard to do if they don't know you're doing it. It's hard to check on every temperature you know, and check on all the expiry dates and start digging through people's stuff if they don't know why you're there. Sure. So we do both of those studies. Um, and obviously, Mr. Shop, you have to still do that because it's the only way you can measure things like being courteous to customers, right? Mm -hmm. And so the two of them combined really give you a full picture of how these locations are doing in terms of delivering on a customer experience. And we then combine the two of them. We actually weight them 60, 40, 60 to the overt audit and 40 to the mystery shop because of just the sheer number of questions involved in the overt audit. And then from there, we get a winner and we announce it at the Outlook Leadership Conference every year. Yeah, so you just announced the winner yesterday. So Rudders won for the third time since they've been in the Mystery Shop competition. Uh, how did they do it again? You know, yeah, they came second last year, and I guess that didn't sit well with them. Uh, look, <laughs> it's a motivation, you, right? Yeah, that's right. Hey, we're, we're number two, we try harder, right? Uh, look, Rudders, Rudders doesn't just get this information on their stores once a year when we do it just to see how they're doing. You know, Rudders is one of those uh, chains that does measure on a, on a regular basis. You know, they, they do measure and they manage the standards all year long. Um, and so they love to do this study because they love to see how they compare against others. Uh, and But they, they measure all the time. You know, this is not just an annual event to see how they're doing. They, mm -hmm. This is something that's part of their culture in terms of maintaining these operational standards. Definitely. And I know that the I think it was second, third, and even fourth place winners were so, so close. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? And as well as just overall, like what is something you saw that all of these C stores are doing really well. Yeah, you close as an understatement. Uh, you know, it, it, with numbers two through four, they were separated by 0.36 of a percent. Ooh. You know that that's what I, I said. You know, yesterday I said you, that you have to feel a little bad for number four. I mean, talk about being close to the podium, right? When we look at where the industry is doing well. You know, I'll also go outside the study a bit and I'll pull in some other data we capture and include some consumer data. And I will say that one of the cool things is C-Stores continue to close the gap with QSR as it relates to those food service offerings. More and more people are willing to buy prepared food from a C-Store. You know, the industry is doing 
better in areas like availability of pickup and delivery options as well. You know, from a pure operational standpoint, the top area for C store was definitely having in, interesting was uniformed and well groomed employees with scores like at 99 and 100% in those areas. Yeah. Um, to me, that was interesting, not because that's not an expectation, but there's a lot of staffing issues going on right now. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's, yeah. there's a well publicized labor shortage. There's it's and yet, you know, there was very, very good scores against the employees and how they looked and how they were presented. Um, we also actually fare better as an industry on being stocked than we did at cleanliness inside the store. And that kind of makes sense um, because it takes customers longer to run a set of supplies than it does for them to dirty up the areas, you know. Uh, whereas in the forecourt, it's actually a little bit it's the opposite. Cleanliness is a little bit higher because, you know, it, it's, you don't dirty up necessarily the outside, but you do run out of supplies. So the supplies are more of an issue outside and inside it's more on the cleanliness. So, yeah, but generally speaking, uh, it was a very good year for them. Yeah, that's a, surprising to hear that the, you know, supply seasters are doing well at that because I know everyone's still struggling with those issues. So it's good to see that hopefully after these last couple of years, maybe they've kind of got the hang of how do we deal with this new normal. Yeah, the new normal, whatever normal is, right? Yes. (laughs) You also identified some priorities for improvement moving forward based on this year's results. You know, I noticed there were a few things about the dairy cooler sections and sandwich coolers that maybe had slightly lower scores. What areas do you think that the Seastore should focus on most and why? Yeah, I mean, we always see issues around those two areas when it relates to, you know, having expired products on shelves and mm-hmm. things we need to pay attention to, you know. The curious for improvement, you know, really in the industry continue to be about a product availability and overall operational reliability in each and every location every day. For example, in the study, we found uh, that a piece of coffee equipment was broken in a location one out of 10 times. And one out of five times, a fountain machine was missing a flavor. You know? Now, similarly, right, order accuracy and being ready on time continue to be an issue in the food service area. So there's lots of little details, and it varies from chain to chain, from store to store. You know, mm-hmm. uh, One area that I've been personally been talking about for years now that I'll take the opportunity to talk about here is that you know, we talk about loyalty programs. You know, our, our studies say that 94%, so most of the people we survey, are part of some type of loyalty program, but barely over half had one with a convenience store. Right? This, when you combine it with the fact that the loyalty program came third place behind the obvious things like gas prices and location for why people selected a particular gas station, you might kind of think it's important. But in the study, it was only a little over a quarter of the times the cashier even asked for a loyalty card or mentioned a loyalty program. Um, and lots of times, all, more than a quarter of the time, you couldn't even find a mention of a loyalty program anywhere in the store. So I think there's an opportunity to engage more meaningfully with our customer base by you know, really looking at those loyalty program opportunities out there is another area I would suggest. That's a good point that so many people now know how to use loyalty programs because you hear C-stores sometimes talk about maybe self-checkouts or online ordering where there is a learning curve for people. But um, to hear that percentage of how many people already have a loyalty program somewhere, it it seems like it'd be easy for C-stores to pick up. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, I, I personally will absolutely drive across the street to a different uh, gas station, even if it's a couple of pennies more, within reason, sure. if I collect points. Yeah, it's yeah, worth it then, right? Yeah. Data, data says I'm not alone, so that's good news. <laughs> we haven't been talking about the pandemic so much. How do you see that these stores have kind of moved on from pandemic practices and or has anything stayed the same? You know what? It's definitely returned to more normal. You know, last year, 
I was talking about sanitizer, masks, physical barriers and distancing. I was so happy to not have to talk about that at all this year. Um, you know, self-serve drinks are back in full force. You know, things are back to previous experiences, uh, traditionally in most cases. But the biggest change we're seeing is the adoption of alternative last mile services. You know, three years ago, they were mostly in strategic presentations in the boardroom, maybe in operational pilots and testing. Um, today, things like curbside pickup and delivery are, are becoming mainstream concepts for C-stores. We're even experimenting with drive-throughs in the industry. Right? You know, in, in fact, in the study we saw, uh, the number of locations offering curbside uh, was 35% last year when we did the study. I actually kind of thought it'd be the same, or could it be even less now that we're kind of quote unquote out of the pandemic, maybe that would be offered less. But we were actually up to 53% of locations this year that offered it. And adoption uh, or trial at least of alternative third party services was up 47% year over year on the consumer side. So, you know, given that we're coming out of the pandemic and this, these numbers are on the rise, tells us that alternative last small services are likely here to stay. You know, now that there's more channels being used than ever before, operators are going to be challenged in the industry, right, to ensure that they can deliver that consistent brand experience across multiple touch points, right? Doing this in the middle of a labor crisis, by the way, just adds to the fun. <laughs> um, but it, it, with crisis comes opportunity. So this is going to be a cool time for the industry. Definitely. And like you mentioned with labor, it is harder to maybe keep up with some of these standards and programs now. But why do you feel it's so important for C-stores to have these high standards and, and cleanliness and customer mm. service. Why does it matter? Yeah, you know, the, the days of the gas station being an oily, greasy place are gone, <laughs> right? I mean, people just expect more. Um, the industry has spent a lot of capital creating some really fabulous locations, right? Consumers now expect that C-stores, which often accompany gas, are clean and safe. In fact, four to five people indicated that they bought their gas at a convenience store. Right. C-stores have evolved from selling tobacco and chips, you know, to being a destination where you can buy your daily coffee and meals and anything else you want. But no one wants to buy meals from a place that they don't think is clean. Right. True. And having broad offerings, right, has started to create a lot more potential with those touch points with customers. And customers expect the same level of service when they're buying food or coffee in a C-store than they do if they go to a QSR or anywhere else to do it. And so cleanliness and service levels just simply have to keep up with the strategic direction of the industry. And for the most part, you know, they have. Um, our studies show more and more that we're keeping pace with QSR and some of those competition in those areas. Um, and of course, some brands are better than others. Some locations are better than others. And, and that's why we measure. Definitely. Any final thoughts on things that surprised you or stood out this year? Uh, you know, honestly, there weren't a lot of some big surprises this year, which I attribute to the fact that 2022 saw us to return a bit more of a state of normal. Now, it's also possible that after going through the last two years, I'm just really difficult to surprise now. <laughs> um, but I guess, if, if anything, I would say that I was surprised at how high some of the stores were given we are fresh out of the pandemic, right? You know, and dealing with a well-documented labor shortage across the country. Um, honestly, I did expect some more lingering effects, but chains we measure this year have done an excellent job moving forward in these challenging times, right? I mean, also, as I said before, the growth uh, in availability and travel to lap mile services was a bit of a surprise. And, uh, you know, I was a bit surprised uh, also that we 
had 8% last year of locations that had an EV station when we measured. Um, this year, it was still only 8% that had EV stations, uh, charging stations, you know, when we measured. Um, I thought it might have been a little higher, but there is a lot of capital and that probably takes some time. But uh, but those are kind of the things that were a little bit jumped out. But generally speaking, it was just great to have a, a return to kind of measuring the industry the way we used to. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us today, Cameron. And please look out for more on the Mystery Shop winner and results, as well as how other chains performed in CSP Magazine's October cover story and online at cspdailynews.com. Thanks for listening to At Your Convenience Podcast.